can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 21st edition of the sunny side of sports. The 34th Africa Cup of Nations football tournament officially ended 10 days ago when host Ivory Coast lifted its third trophy. Now attention has already turned to the 2025 Nations Cup, which will be hosted by Morocco. The Confederation of African Football, CAF, held the preliminary draw Tuesday at its headquarters in Cairo, Egypt. The draw involved the eight lowest-ranked African teams in the last FIFA rankings, Chad, Somalia, Eswatini, Sao Tome, Mauritius, Djibouti, Liberia, and South Sudan. The games will be played on a home-and-away basis between March 20th and March 26th. Let's take a look at the matchups. Somalia will meet Eswatini. Sao Tome will take on South Sudan. Chad will challenge Mauritius. And Djibouti will play Liberia. The four preliminary round winners will join the 44 exempted African teams for the group stage. For reaction to the preliminary 2025 Nations Cup draw, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with African football analyst Zazi Barisa. It is very interesting to have the preliminary rounds of the qualifiers for the 2025 AFCON. The draws have been done now and it's very interesting to see because um, having this come just a few weeks after the 2023 AFCON just means that football does not stop on the continent and a lot of people are excited about it. It was just a few days ago that CAF confirmed that the 2025 edition in Morocco will be held in the summer and of course that has created a lot of um, excitement on its own having the games being played in the summer because the usual role between uh, you know clubs and country about who will release their players and who wants to hold on to their players would not really be there since it's going to be held in the summer when these European clubs also will be on break so that's quite interesting and these draws really have created so much buzz, so much engagement on the African continent. And that's unlike before, because in previous editions, when the qualifiers are in, at this stage, that's a preliminary round, usually there is no buzz, there is no excitement about it. Nobody even knows it happens. But this time, it's different. And I would attribute that largely or maybe entirely to the success of the AFCON in Ivory Coast. Everybody saw how successful that AFCON was. Of course, many observers say that it was the best AFCON that has ever been staged. And that has brought the continent alive again. It has brought the continent alive. People are looking forward to African football. And that is why when CAF held the draws, people are excited again because it shows that once again, we will see the best of African football and the continent is looking forward to it. The eight teams in the preliminary draw are the lowest ranked teams in the last FIFA ranking. Do you think it's the reason the Confederation of African Football 
organize preliminary round of games for them. The reason CAF has chosen the preliminary rounds once again is that 52 teams entered for the qualifiers for the 2025 AFCON to be held in Morocco and CAF's current format has 12 teams, 12 groups rather, of four countries each. That means a total of 48 countries and 52 have entered. So of course CAF has to find a way to trim it down to 48, which means um, eight of the lowest ranked teams that have entered have to play um, a two-legged qualifying series, of course, home and away, from which four of those teams will join the 44 others in the group stage. So it's quite interesting. It's not the first time that this has happened. It has been happening. Uh, the qualifiers for the last edition of the AFCON was also held in this format, although the slight difference was that in that case, there were 12 teams, a total of 12 teams that played in this particular preliminary round. Um, interestingly, of the eight teams that we have in this particular preliminary round, six of them played in the last preliminary round as well. That's a preliminary round for the last Afghan. Six of them played. Only Djibouti and Liberia are those that are just coming in this time around. So we wait to see exactly which of these teams will eventually make it to the final qualifying round, which is the group stage of this um, series. Four preliminary round winners will join 44 exempted teams for the group stage. Do you also think that the so-called minnows can spring surprise against the big teams? Talking about upsets and surprises, at this stage, I don't expect any such. And that's simply because the teams are evenly matched. We are talking about the eight lowest ranked teams that have entered for these qualifiers. So ordinarily, they are all evenly matched teams. Um, at the stage, what we will consider upset is if any of the four teams that make it through this round eventually go on to qualify from the group's um, phase into the AFCON proper. Of course, that is what we will then consider as upsets. Just as um, it was last time out in the qualifiers for the 2023 AFCON, where Gambia, who participated in the preliminary round, eventually made it through to the AFCON proper in Ivory Coast. And of course, Gambia, they did not win the game at the AFCON itself, but they competed. They gave a good account of themselves. We could see um, they competed in all three games that they played. So for me, that's what will be an upset, you know, having any of these teams, any of these uh, eight teams, you know, go all the way to qualify for the AFCON proper. That's African football analyst Zazi Barisa. And Zazi spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Aba, Nigeria. Sporty greeting, this is Victor Simeon, Super Eagles of Nigeria and Napoli FC forward. You're listening to the sunny side of thoughts on the voice of America.
can follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My X, formerly known as Twitter handle, is at VOA Sunny Sports. And if you go to voaafrica.com, you can listen online to the sunny side of sports as well as past episodes. Check out voaafrica.com for lots of Africa news. For world news, go to voanews.com. The sunny side of sports remembers Kenyan athlete Kelvin Kiptum, the marathon world record holder who died in a road accident February 11th. On Monday, some top Kenyan athletes participated in a 10-kilometer walk in honor and memory of Kiptum. The walk was led by Mary Kaitani, a four-time New York City marathon champion, and it was held in Eaton, the capital of Elgeo Marraquette County, where Kiptum grew up. Meanwhile, his funeral has been changed to Friday, February 23rd, uh, 23rd, in order to allow Kenyan President William Ruto to attend. Athletics Kenya says Kiptum will be laid to rest in his home village of Chepkorio. His death came just a few months after he smashed the world marathon record. Kelvin Kiptum clocked two hours and 35 seconds at the 2023 Chicago Marathon. Kiptum's Rwandan coach, Gervais Hakizimana, also died in the road accident, while another passenger, a woman, was injured. Now let's go to Ghana which is preparing to host next month's African Games. The multi-sports jamboree is scheduled from March 8th to March 23rd. Yawafusu Larbi caught up with Ghana's three-on-three men's and women's basketball teams. And Yao joins us now from Cape Coast, Ghana. Sporty greetings, Yao! Sporty greetings, Sunny. After missing out on the 2019 African Games in Rabat, Ghana's 3x3 male and female basketball teams have been preparing in earnest. The team, mostly filled with students from the tertiary level, began camping in mid-January at the Cape Coast Sports Stadium and the various teams going through multiple drills each day. Team manager Nane Dumankata II has been pleased with the help provided by the government in making this happen. Everything has gone smoothly. For we, for this type of camping, we we think that the government has done very well, the ministry, and then our CDM who pushed for this campaign to come on in this Cape Coast. They've done very well. We have good feeding, good accommodation. I mean, training venues, readily by the National Sports Authority, who has also in Cape Coast, who has also assisted us with most of the equipment that we are using and the training venues. 
So far, we, we're having a very smooth campaign here in Cape Coast. Spintex Knights are a basketball team in Accra. Their coach, Selom Thomas, guided his team through the Accra Basketball League without losing a game last season. He serves as an assistant coach for Team Ghana and has been pleased with the dedication the young athletes have shown so far. Everything, because some of the guys play on the Spintex Knights team, so it's not been so hard, but you could see that they all have the passion to play. And for them, the different thing right now for us is the fact that they are representing the country as a whole. They are going to wear Ghana on their jerseys to represent us. So it's a big motivation for them. And so they come to practice every day, excited and ready to represent the country the best way they can. Ghana finished 15th on the medal table with 13 medals in 2019. The 3x3 team aims to earn some medals on the board as the nation seeks to surpass their tally in the previous edition. Well, the experience has been good. We have good coaches giving us good techniques, good strategies that will make us ready and represent the country the best way we can. I think everybody knows that we are all in for the gold. Yeah, we are in for the gold. Nothing short of that. Resources have been put in place for us to train more. We have good coaches who have been training us in all aspects that we need to get ready for the game. So I can say everything has been good so far. We are actually preparing well to face um, to go to the competition. Yeah. And there's only one expectation. We are going for the gold. So we are putting in all our best to go and get the medal. The journey will be a tough one. Other countries have their eyes on the prize. But Team Ghana is poised to get the job done. For the sunny side of sports, this is Yao Fusulabi in Cape Coast. Thanks, Yao. The National Basketball Association will resume its regular season Thursday night after a one-week break for All-Star Weekend activities in Indianapolis, Indiana. There are 12 NBA games scheduled across the league. Joining me now for some NBA talk is my VOA colleague, Muckbill Yabaro. Sporty greetings, Muckbill. Sporty greetings, Sonny. What's going on? Well, before we look at uh, the upcoming games, Muckbill, let's look back a bit to the 73rd annual All-Star Game. Uh, incredible numbers in terms of points scored. The East beat the West 211 to 186 in the 73rd annual NBA All-Star Game. So almost almost 400 points scored uh, when all was said and done. But there were some boos in Indianapolis among the fans, Muckbill. Maybe, maybe not quite the showcase the league wanted. Your thoughts? Uh, some say uh, no defense, maybe. <laughs> 200 points is unbelievable. Uh, the East had about minimum of 50 points in all four quarters. Uh, sometimes I feel like the All-Star game at one point used to have this level of care, right? There was a want for the players to come out and prove to the other All-Stars. Competitiveness. Co- absolutely. Like, okay, as long as the game is not too far out of reach, we can, we might be able to joke around for the first two, maybe three quarters. Fourth quarter used to be... Every great player is trying to guard each other. Everyone's really trying to make the right basketball play, trying to get the win for uh, either the West or the East. I'm glad they went back to East versus West format. We were Mm. talking about this uh, last week, uh, that LeBron versus Giannis or LeBron versus KD teams uh, didn't really do it for me personally. But I think 
uh, the commissioner, uh, Adam Silver, has to figure out a way to incentivize to these players. Uh, somebody said it uh, online, uh, something very interesting, that the winner of the East versus West should get home court advantage in the NBA Finals. So, for instance... I, I like that idea. Right. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Let's say right now, if we're looking at um, just standings, and let's say for whatever reason, the Boston Celtics, as the number one team in the Eastern Conference, are able to uh, make it to the Finals with, uh, let's say, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, okay. Very difficult for the Timberwolves pathway, but they are the number one ranked team right now and in the West. possible. Anything's possible, right? Uh, but at the moment, the Boston Celtics have a better record, meaning that they would have home court advantage. But let's say if the West won uh, in the West versus East, this would give those all-stars in the West, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the advantage in having home court advantage. So something along those lines, I don't know necessarily if they do that, but you have to find a way to incentivize for these players. Other, if not, they're just coming out here to get another star on their uh, starter jackets right, uh, right. And, and not really do too much. Uh, looking at the uh, box score from that All-Star game, Muck Bill, 67 three-point field goals. That was another record. And I know we were talking before the show how it appeared that uh, at least a few players were just coming over half court and throwing it up. I yeah. mean, that to me is not really classic basketball. A- absolutely not, Sonny. I think for me it's like when you have a player like Dame. So Dame Lillard wins uh, – all-star MVP, and he also wins a three-point contest MVP. So we know he can shoot the three-ball, and we know that of the two players in the league that really can shoot it from very deep, it's him and Steph Curry, right? So I understand where he normally shoots it from, which is a couple of steps beyond half. But even for his range, he pulled up twice from half, and he actually scored it. So now I'm thinking to myself, man, is it even getting crazier that you know players have the ability to shoot – like? From a, a, a stylistic standpoint or even from a performance standpoint, that's amazing mm. that Dame can just get off a jump shot because he's not even chucking it. He's really shooting a jump shot from half. So obviously he practices for that, but not everybody can do that. So the problem is what does it do to the other players that want to start shooting those threes from that distance? We've seen a lot of misses. We've seen Luca go and shoot from his half, um, almost at his free throw line. And he said, obviously, he was trying to get a two-for-one because the shot clock was at 30 seconds, so he wanted to get a second shot off, which is fun and and all, but it was not a realistic-looking shot, Sonny. One of the, uh, I guess you call it, contests uh, that took place in All-Star Weekend involved uh, Steph Curry, the great shooting guard for the Golden State Warriors, and, and a WNBA shooting star, Sabrina Ionescu of the New York, I think New York Liberty, uh, and it was quite competitive. Muck Bill, I that was one contest that actually I thought worked pretty well. I liked it a lot, to be honest with you, and I think this is another effort that the NBA is doing in partnership with the WNBA to build the hype up of the WNBA. The WNBA have tons of talent, tons of star power. But for whatever reason, just hasn't got it going in terms of the eyes and the eyeballs of the fans. So for the fans now to be excited about uh, getting behind and watching Steph versus Sabrina gives this level of confidence uh, to the regular casual fan that maybe doesn't watch the WNBA like 
Man, she really <laughs> can shoot. She really had an opportunity to beat Steph. This Steph, we're not talking about just a, a regular shooter. This is arguably the best shooter of all time yes. going up against arguably one of the best shooters of all time in the WNBA. And she really held her own and she actually shot it from the, the NBA three line as well, you know. And who's to say if she doesn't shoot from the regular line that she normally shoots from, that she doesn't, she's not more efficient from that line. It's very possible. I, I just appreciated the fact that she came in there and basically said, no, this is a dumb, this is a NBA court and I'm going to shoot it from this line because I can. That was amazing. So yeah, kudos to Sabrina. Kudos to Steph because Steph really put his, you know, name on the line as well because, <laughs> you know, right. it could have been, a, uh, you know, it could have been like, oh, well, if if he doesn't win, was he trying or was he not trying? Or, wow, Sabrina really is better than him. Or, you know, so many things could have happened. So I just appreciate him for doing that to allow uh, the eyes to get on the women's game as well. So kudos to Steph for that and Sabrina as well. Well, Muckbill, one all-star uh, who got a lot of attention in Indianapolis, uh, LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, questions after the all-star game uh, whether he'll participate in this year's Paris Olympics. He says that's still on his schedule. Uh, do you see the, uh, the Olympic Games possibly, possibly being the swan song for LeBron? Could be, man. You know, if they say if he's looking for that docuseries like The Last Dance, <laughs> <laughs> I think he has to, you know, add that sprinkle on top with uh, with that final one. Uh I feel as though, you know, he spoke out about it uh, just with having the recent uh, U.S. national team not perform that well uh, at FIBA. So for him, it was like a calling for the uh, for the Avengers. And he wanted to mobilize the guys. And he said, look, we're going to we're going to make sure that we we have all the big names possible uh, to be available for for Paris 2024 and i think that'd be a great send off it'll be similar to like the uh, the redeem team that kobe kind of you know used as his um team where he kind of showcased his uh, veteran leadership and allowed right. the youth to kind of come up under him and stuff and at at that time it was lebron carmelo Dwayne, a bunch of younger players who'd been in the league for maybe only a few years and and kobe on his way out showing these guys, look, man, this is what it really takes to win on this level because the game has advanced, Sonny, so much. So uh, I definitely would expect him, if he's able to stay healthy, uh, to be that veteran presence for that uh, U.S. team. I'm Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. I'm talking NBA hoops with my VOA colleague, Muckbill Yabaro. Muckville in one of the 12 NBA games on Thursday night. The NBA-leading Boston Celtics will visit the Chicago Bulls. Do you see uh, any team in the East right now, Muckbill, catching the Celtics? They, they look so dominant right now. Man, it's difficult. At the moment, uh, the Boston Celtics are leading the NBA, uh, both conferences, with 43 wins and 12 losses. Um, and the Chicago Bulls are 26 and 29. So they are uh, three games away, three wins away from 500. Uh, they do have talent you know the, the the beauty of this game is that any given day uh, regardless of what your roster looks like you have an opportunity to go out there for four quarters 
and beat the best of the best. If you are a team that is in the potential play-in situation now because they're in that ninth position, uh, you want to make sure you start uh, heading upwards with your trajectory so that you don't get bounced out of that slot. So they're in the ninth position right now. Uh, I'm going to expect them to come out swinging, uh, try to you know make it difficult for this young Boston Celtics team that even though they're young and they're led by a uh, you know potential MVP candidate uh, Jason, Jason Tatum, Tatum. Uh, that. You know, they go out there and still uh, do what they need to do in order to get that wing. But it, it will not be easy uh, going up against the Celtics. Muckbill in second place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, arguably one of the surprise teams this year in the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, with a record of 36 wins, 17 losses. They're six games behind the Celtics. Who have been some of the key players for the Cavs uh, right now? Definitely, it would have to be uh, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, He's definitely one of their uh, perennial all-stars. Outside of that, the thing I like about this team, though, uh, Sonny, is that it's a collective effort. Any given night, uh, it can come from anybody, right? So uh, the beauty of a team like that is what they're able to do is, as a collective unit, they're able to come together and make sure that, hey, we are here as a team. Obviously, Donovan is one of the bigger names on that team, but outside of that, Even him, I I like him as a star because he doesn't really try to outshine uh, his teammates. So he comes out there and gives it that effort. He's not your usual superstar that just uh, kind of comes out there uh, lackadaisical and just plays a little bit. He really comes out there, does a lot of hustle type of plays, um, and... You know, it's showing. Uh, in the last 10 games, Sonny, they're 9-1. and one. Wow. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I expect them to, to continue to play uh, in, this, uh, in this trajectory that they've been able to, to, to keep. Uh, 36 wins, 17 losses. What a, what a team. What a team. Well, in third place in the East, Muck Bill, the Milwaukee Bucks, featuring Giannis Antetokounmpo, the uh, superstar. Bucks uh, have been criticized of late. Because of their head coach, Doc Rivers, brought in midseason. Never an easy situation when you're brought in midseason. But uh, your thoughts on Coach Rivers and the Bucks right now? Yeah, I, I think the Bucks are one thing, uh, and then Coach Rivers is a di- completely different story. So uh, historically, Coach Rivers has, you know, had uh, either you're a big fan of his or you're not a fan of his at all. Like uh, he's a very polarizing figure when he comes to coaching and his uh, playing style. Um, if you look at it outside of that one championship win that he had with the Boston Celtics with the with the original Big Three, two thousand eight, two thousand eight. Yeah, um, so. You look at that, outside of that, he's had a couple of really, really good gigs. Uh, LA Clippers with the uh, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin experiment. Uh, he's had uh, the Philadelphia 76ers with Embiid, Harden, uh, Max, uh, Tyrese Maxey last year. Um, so y- you look to see what exactly is it that Coach Rivers is supposed to get out of his team and is he able to get it out of his team? You know, um, it's a very difficult situation coming into um, a team mid-year, Giannis said something along the lines of this being his, what, fourth coach in like six months. So the players... That can't be easy for the players. It's not not easy for the players, nor is it easy for the team, uh, for the the coach. So what I'm I'm seeing is, you know, maybe him trying to uh, get them accustomed to his coaching style and these guys now being on their 
third or fourth head coach not really adapting to it. Uh, so it's going to be a tall task for them because somehow they've been able to find a way to still win. They're still within, what, eight games of the first spot. So they're in third place right now, two games ahead of the New York Knicks. Um, so they have a little bit of breathing room, and they're only one game behind uh, the Cleveland Cavs. So uh, for what they've had to go through as a collective team, I like where they stand. Dame Lillard winning the three-point contest and the All-Star MVP. Giannis, two-time MVP, Finals MVP. Two great players. Chris Middleton just starting to get back into it. Uh, So I'm excited to see what this team does. Well, we only have uh, less than a minute to go, Muckbill, but the West looks very tight right now. Uh, Maybe some quick thoughts on the West. Yeah, Minnesota um, has really shown me uh, a different side. Anthony Edwards is that all-star that they needed to lead that team. Cat is also a phenomenal player that they have. They also have Rudy Gobert in that position as an all-time defensive player. Um, So I'm expecting to see that team continue to do what they're doing. Oklahoma City Thunder, phenomenal young team that I'm also uh, rooting for. SGA. SGA. Last but not (laughs) least, the LA Clippers. What an experiment. Four Southern California players in James Harden. PG, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, the hometown heroes. Let's see what they do in the playoffs. Going to be a tight race in the West and the East. Well, right now, the Celtics are in control. Thanks to my producer this evening, as well as VOA sports reporter, Muck Bill Yabaro. Thank you, Muck Bill. Thanks, Sonny. Thanks also to VOA engineer, Jonah Cummings. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.